Moto Spot Show is back, episode 11. I'm excited, man. This has been a, uh, a good week off, but I'm excited to get back into uh, podcast mode and bring you guys some episodes. We are two, two weeks away from the first Supercross. I'm holy moly, I cannot wait. It's going to be good. We got a lot of stuff coming up. We got a lot of fast guys in this 450 series, a lot of fast guys in 250. So we got a guy on that's going to help us talk a little silly season, but we also. You know, give us a little insight on what he do he does for the industry and his his upbringing in the media life. He's uh, been the host of the Moto X Pod. He's also the host of the wrap up show from the Pulp MX. It's uh, the legendary Pony Dark Side. What's up, Jamie? How are you? What's up, Triple J? What's going on, dude? Uh, not much. Just hanging out here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, bringing you uh, episode eleven of the Moto Spot Show. So I'm excited you made time for us. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. Uh, I enjoy being a part of other podcasts. I've had you on the wrap-up show a few times, and you finally invited me on uh, since I called you out, you know, on the wrap-up show, so I appreciate it. <laughs> you did call me out. It's it's funny how I'm just trying to find, you know, guests that I have relationships with, and we haven't known each other long, but we've done a few shows together, right. we've texted, but I feel like our relationship in the last six months has grown pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, we're with a married couple now. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's what our industry does. It just <laughs> brings people together. Absolutely, man. It is one big family. And, you know, I, I had always heard that before I sort of was part of the industry. And that's really, I, I believe it, man. After the last three and a half, four years of being in it, it really is a family. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's really, like, I guess it's, I shouldn't say it's really, but it's a big sport, but it's a small world, I guess you could say. Like, we're yeah. well known in the globe, but everybody kind of knows everybody in the paddock. It's it's pretty It's pretty nuts, honestly. It really is. Uh, you know, I, there's still some people I haven't met yet, but uh, I feel like a lot of the people in the industry have become my friends in the last few years, including you and your, your buddy Connor, uh, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think for me, you kind of kickstart, kickstart. I mean, my first podcast, Cherry, was popped with, with Main Event Moto with Daniel, and I mean, that was really fun. And I had no plans of doing a podcast, but um, like I said, we got we got some some help from some sponsors, including Spot Network TV, the fastest streaming um, service in the industry right now, guys. Check them out on Spot Network app. We also have a huge thanks to Scott Sports, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Works, or I said Works Connection already, and uh, Motion Pro. So huge thanks to those guys. You just got some Motion Pro stuff. How how to work out for you? Oh, I feel... It was like Christmas morning for me, man. I got that, uh, yeah, you, you kind of hooked me up, and uh, I got my suspension. I wanted the suspension bearing puller kit that I saw on YouTube. I was looking at some YouTube videos of the best way to pull all the bearings out because I was using a socket and a hammer, and this Motion Pro tool popped up, and I was like, man, I think I mentioned it in the Pulp chat room during the Pulp show one night, and you were like, hey, hit me up. And the next thing I know, man, I got a connection with Motion Pro, and those, things, those bearings just pop right out of there. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, Motion Pro makes a lot of cool tools. I don't know any mechanic that's in our industry in the paddock that doesn't use some type of Motion Pro tool. We've had Damon yep. from Factory Husky on. We've had Tony Archer, who was formerly with Troy Lee KTM and now is a crew chief at FXR. He uses the tools. And we have uh, Rob, who is from RNC Motorsports, coming up, who does Tyler Behrman's bikes. Um, we'll have him on here shortly. I cannot wait for that episode. And he uses Motion Pro. So if you haven't checked it out, guys, make sure to check out Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray, and Scott Goggles. And, of course, Spot Network TV. Um, again, huge thanks to those guys. Yep. So uh, episode 11, Darkside, what do you think? Let's uh, let's jump into this and kind of have some fun. Um, 
you know, for me, like I said, I've just met you and I really didn't really know who you were. Didn't really, you know, who, who was dark side, what's the Moto X pod. But then, you know, you started doing more with Pulp MX. You started, you know, asking more questions in press conferences and you started just popping up on the scene. And of course you have a legendary pony and that was getting more, it's like, I feel like your pony almost needs its own Instagram. Like you started like popping I, I up. Think it, well, it has its own Twitter. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, that popped up a couple years ago, probably. Uh, I think it's actually at Dark Side Pony or Pony Fail. Okay. Uh, it is not me doing it. Somebody else decided to. But yeah, <laughs> that's it's, awesome. That's a and, and that's all thanks to Weege and Steve and uh, I believe and oh JT. I think at Dallas like a couple years ago, they were sitting behind me and in the press box, and they started talking about it as we were getting in the elevator to go to the press conference and they had lots of funny things to say. And then it got brought up on the pulp show. And I think within a week or so, well, I know it was early. It was, uh, Hangtown in 18, I think. And we just used it as the word of the day, dark side ponytail. Oh, no and yeah. Way. After that, it was just, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, Barsha was going into the half pipe section. Think moto two. And he said, Barsha's riding that bike like Dark Side Pony. And I wasn't expecting it. I about lost my shit. So. Yeah, it's like one of those moments you rewind and replay just to make sure that's what you heard. You're like, uh, did he yeah. say oh, what yeah. I think he oh, just yeah. said? Yep. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it's like I think about cutting it shorter. Well, actually, I just tried to make an offer with Steve to get it to cut it. But uh, we, we couldn't come to terms. But anyway, I thought about cutting it. But then I'm like, man, I don't know. That's kind of part of who I am now. Yeah, I remember when I did uh, a show with you, I think it was a wrap-up show, we talked about doing it live in studio when you went on with uh, Chris Kiefer, and we were like, and that was like the talk of like all the chat rooms and everything. Oh, yeah. Like It was crazy how, how much publicity the pony was getting. Yeah, I wasn't ready then. Um, I wear it up a lot, so I don't always think about how long it is. And I don't know, a week or so ago, I, I realized like it's, it's gotten to a point where it's way too long, and typically I, I cut it when I can donate it to one of the companies that makes wigs for kids, you know, yeah, cancer yeah. treatment. Yep. And the minimum they'll take is like 12 inches. So I was like, oh, I'm probably not there yet. Well, I, <laughs> I realized None of us are I could probably yet. do double that. <laughs> I could literally cut, probably cut 24 inches off and it's still at my shoulders. Holy crap. So I hit up Steve and I was like, let's, let's do something at the live pulp show in Houston. You know, maybe we could raise some money for the privateer challenge, but he wanted all of it. He wasn't okay with only, 20 to 24 inches he wanted it all Gosh. and we went back and forth and i said i'm out man i'm not doing all of it god i mean so, 12 inches i think the fans would be pleased Dude, yeah to go 24 inches original. would be crazy that's a lot that's i mean you think about it, two it feet I, dude, that's that's pretty nuts <laughs> i started at 12 Kiefer, i was in the group text with us and he said 18 so i was like hey hang on one minute i went and grabbed the tape and pulled it out and was like okay 18 it still leaves enough and I, I went back with, all right, if Steve's good with it, 18, I'm down for 18. And then Steve said, nope, I want it all. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, greedy Steve. Uh, what about uh, Amber? Yep. How she feel about it? He ruined it. it. Who's that? Amber? You're, yeah, how did Amber feel about it? I didn't ask her, so oh, I don't know. Shit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love that it. That conversation would have come up. But, uh, yeah, she wouldn't have been thrilled, but, you know whatever she'll be all right yeah it's, it's one of those things where you ask for uh forgiveness not permission um exactly but speaking of the you know just steve and Kiefer and all those guys like you know how our, now that you've been in our sport for a little bit you know how it is how all of us are kind of standoffish a little bit at first nobody really is the first one to go say hi you know it, you really don't meet like 
big guys like Steve or Kiefer and like become you know friends with them or now business partners for them. So for you, like, what kind of gave you the courage to to call in Pulp and and build that relationship with Steve? Well, it honestly honestly started just as a fan. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really know any. I didn't listen to any podcast. I was I was a big Howard Stern guy, and I listened. So I, I was listening to talk radio type stuff. And I kept seeing the advertisements for Pulp on, on like Racer X or Trans World or whatever. And I decided, so I'm, I'm kind of going back to answer your question a little bit, but, uh, yeah, you're good. I, I was, I'm a huge Kyle Chisholm fan and I had seen an advertisement or something that Chiz was going to be on a Pulp show. I was like, well, I need to check this out. And I, I just fell in love with it, you know? Okay. And I was like, well, I used to call into these talk shows I listened to. I was truck driving at the time and I would call in on topics just to entertain myself. Well, shit, I want to call in and ask Steve a question. And it started from there. So I probably did that six or nine months where I was calling in almost every week. And uh, it was long before I had anything to do with a podcast. And I met Steve in 2017 at Dallas just as a fan out in the pits. He was at the Pro Circuit truck yep. talking to Mitch and Weeds. And I got his autograph. Uh, went talked to Watson after that. Watson proceeded to cross out Steve's name on my shirt and sign his own name. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it sort of started just as any other fan, you know, calling yeah. in. There was no relationship. And I guess 2018 was my first, after I had gotten involved with the Moto X Pod show, Super, Supercross in Dallas, and I was in the press box, and there's Steve Mathis. Yeah. Uh, so I went and introduced myself again and told him, hey, I'm dark side that calls in all the time, and that was really how the relationship started, which was nothing other than just being nice enough to say hi. Right. Uh, and then as the show started to pro- progress, my show, and I started to make more races, I started to see him at different rounds, maybe three or four that first year. It just sort of started from there. He would answer my questions. And I think in St. Louis, yeah, it was St. Louis in 18 or 19. I can't even remember now. I think it all runs together, but... I was in the press box and I got a tweet from Steve saying, Darkside, do you have an iPhone charger from Steve? And I was like, sure. I went and found him and handed him an iPhone charger. And I kind of feel like that was the moment for me anyway, where I was like, oh, man, he's just another dude. I'm another dude. And, you yeah. know, and it just started growing. Yeah, you should have charged him. You should have said, yeah, you can you can rent it for 20 <laughs> yeah. bucks because that's why what he was Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, but, I mean, like, the, you know, it's crazy, like, you know, in the last four years – for you to kind of build that relationship with him and, you know, now become a part of his, his pulp nation and his, uh, employ yeah. his pl- employment, I guess. But for you, like, were you always like in the, like in the sport, like you said, you, you were in the press box with Moto X, but how did you, did you have a relationship with anybody at failed? how did you get a press pass? No. Did you just email them and say, Hey, like, I'm just a podcaster and I, I need a press pass or like how that, yeah. how that work? Okay, so going back again to 17, yeah, um, I had no idea. I, I got involved with the Moto X Pod show at the end of 16. It was already had already been started very early, infant stages of the show. Never even really thought about how that would ever happen. And towards the, I guess, I'm trying to remember what round it was. I guess it had to be Dallas in that year. Uh, WPS rep Skippy, you know Skippy probably. Yep. He had a, a podcast out of Houston. That was a very small time, just like ours. And they got press passes for that Dallas for 17. And I, I asked them, how did you manage that? And it was really as simple back then as sending an email in, which I had missed my opportunity for Dallas. But 
the following year, I, I applied for credentials as soon as it was available on sales website. And thankfully, at 18, it was still not very difficult to get them. And uh, we were awarded press passes for Dallas and actually Houston that year because that was the second round that year. Yeah. Um, and then I did. I got them for St. Louis, so that was 18. So I was telling that story about a minute ago. And I got to know Sean Brennan with Feld, kind of established a relationship with him. He is the uh, media manager, I guess he would. I don't, I don't know if that's actually what the title is, but he, he, he is over all the media. Okay. And it just grew from there. They started giving me a lot of access. They, uh, you know, as soon as I got the credentials that you're allowed to go to the press conference, I, you, you kind of mentioned that I asked questions, and I started trying to ask questions at the press conference that weren't, Hey, uh, Justin Barsha, how was your bike tonight? How'd you like the track? I wanted to ask different stuff. Yeah. And I feel like I do that. And yeah, yeah, and then it just started growing from there. That's really what it came down to. And as far as you kind of asked us a little while ago, just talking to people that are sort of standoffish, I never really got anybody that was standoffish. I'm pretty outgoing. I'll go up and talk to almost anybody. And I just went in and introduced myself and was friendly and down to earth, I hope. And it, seem to pay off there you go yeah so and i think that works that works with anything like you know this is why we started the show to kind of tell people like how uh our industry is or i always get the question how'd you get in the industry you probably get it too how'd you get the industry how did you get started this you know so again that goes back to you know what we talked about in past shows guys like if you're trying to get in just be friendly don't burn bridges you know respect you know your you know whoever you're around and you know don't even though if you don't like something or if you've had somebody that, you know, you maybe not like, don't talk to that person about another person. Like always just kind of rep- represent yourself well. Um, cause the you burning just, bridges was a big one. Huge. Our industry is so small. Yeah. Yeah. So you never want to, uh, burn any bridges for sure. No, no, it, it will bite you in the butt. Uh, I think I, I don't think I've done that yet, but I've seen it done and yeah, it, it doesn't take much, man. No, it doesn't, and it's it's crazy because somehow other people find out about it that aren't like I guess you could say they are are in the industry, but it's like vital, like pop up on vital, and like somehow vital hear about yeah. it, and it's like what in the heck? Sure. It's like vital is like an undercover like agency. I don't even know. It's like it's weird how quick they find out about stuff, or like they speculate, and sometimes they're they're right, but you never, you know what I mean? It's you can't really talk about it because it's still insider knowledge or whatever but yeah i don't know you're right you're right i don't know uh how sometimes they get this info but anyways that's a whole nother topic um (laughs) but for you you know starting your own show and kind of doing that in dallas and texas and everything did is the show something that you always wanted to do or is it how how'd you get the show like i you said you it was already kind of started but how'd you get involved with it like how did moto x pod become you know a staple in in our industry so the show started with a couple guys, Mark Poole and Phil Gates, just a couple of local Texas riders who have become buddies of mine. Yep. They did two or three shows, and their idea from kind of what I understand was, talk, let's talk about our local races, and let's talk about what we see on TV with the Supercrosses. It's just for fun. Uh, they then got a guy named TJ on involved, and he bought like a mixer and started trying to make the show more professional sounding and i'm actually friends with tj i've been friends with tj so i think episode six of that of this show tj had told him hey i know dark side who calls in the pulp all the time let's get him in as a co like as a guest so that's really how it started i was a guest 
uh, I don't know, an episode or two later, I was on again. They asked me if I wanted to be part of the show, like, full-time. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's kind of fun. It, you know, I was having to drive, like, 40 miles to do the show. So it was only when I could do it around work. But that's really how I got involved. Um, I've been in the Texas moto scene since, like, 91 when we moved here. I knew a lot of the Texas industry guys, such as Dennis Hawthorne, who worked for Kawasaki, yep. Billy Whitley, who, you know, had managed teams, uh, Charlie Bogard. So I was like, hey, you know, if you guys actually want to have some guests, I know some people. They were down for it, the guys on the show, right? So I, I started getting some guests. Okay. I also brought on some of my amateur racing sponsors, like Shock Socks, who still support me now, uh, and with just free product. I said, you know, I don't want any money. The show's super small. We couldn't give you any returns. Could we give some product away? And that's what we started doing, and it just grew from there. The original two guys, Phil and Mark, just with life things, kind of ended up having to pull away from the show a little bit and are actually are no longer involved. And as time went on, because people did know me from Pulp, I got more known in the pit and started making more and more connections, and I sort of just became the face of the show Although TJ Smith is still very involved, he does most of the production when he's in town. Anything, any of the the actual technical side of it, he either does or taught me how to do. Running the mixer, running the software, that's all TJ. This show could not happen without him. Yeah, yeah, I've heard you talk about him a few times, and and then like I said, yeah. I've been on your show. I've been on your show before too, and um, yep. so yeah, it seems like he's always playing with your technical difficulties, which technical difficulties a lot. A lot. Can't talk today. Technical difficulties are it's part not. of doing podcasts. Um, yeah, so he fixes all the technical difficulties. I mean, yeah, he he works in the oil field, so he's gone a lot. And I could call him five minutes before showtime in, in a full panic and say, "Dude, there's no sound on this channel. I haven't touched a thing." And he's like, uh, "Did you click that one button?" Oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> you know, he yeah. he just knows. Uh, I I give him so much crap on our show, but um, hopefully he's not listening because I don't want to hear him. Yeah. I don't want him to hear me praising him at all. Yeah, we can't give him, can't give him credit. Um, but that's no, like no, me. not at all. That's like me with uh, Brand over at Spot Network who does all my stuff. Like without him, like he got me like the easiest board. Like it's pretty much idiot proof. You just hit like two buttons and it turns on, and then it's got some knobs. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. I should manage this. And then if I have any issues, like I'm like, hey, like minute marker this. I forgot to have them uh, on, like because I got a like a power mu- button and like a mute button, and like sometimes yep. I'll mute them. Um, if they're like making background noise or something, and I'll turn them back on, and like, oh like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, dude, I uh, might have talked to him why they were on mute, uh, so you might need to fix that. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I have some pretty good software, and I've thanks to TJ, I've learned how to go back and like sometimes I don't know if you noticed on the wrap up show, I told you this on the wrap up show, yeah, this last week you were on one channel, and I had the uh, the gain up way too high, the new board, a brand new board. So when you listen back and it was really loud, if you listen to your headphones, you could hear a squeal the entire time on your track. Dang. So I had to go back and cut. I had to cut every section of the audio out on your track when you weren't talking to get rid of it. Uh, so I, I feel you, man. I'm, it, I've learned to work on that stuff and it takes, it's very, very time consuming and it can be stressful for sure. Yeah. No, it, it, it's one of those things to where it, uh, it's not, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. I thought it was like kind of turn on a button right. and like talk, but it's uh it's quite a bit yeah. of work, like just doing the social media and like preparing for your guests <laughs> yeah. and like all that stuff. It's like a whole yep. other job. Dude, so. I, I spent so many hours on my show. My chick, I think my chick's over the podcasting. 
Yeah, I think I heard you mention that the other day, like on either yeah. Pulp or something. Like you said, like you got this show, and then you got that show, and then you got like Supercross. And it's like, yep. uh, if there's it's forty hours, if week, there's forty man. hours in a week, if there's forty hours in a work week, Amber's getting maybe five or six. <laughs> he doesn't even get that probably. It's, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, the pulp wrap-up show takes me uh, about 40 hours a month is what I figured. If you take in the five hours per show, plus, you know, it's even more than that now because the show was only an hour. The wrap-up show was only an hour in the beginning, and now it's almost two hours. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of time, and my show's a couple hours a week, plus all the, like you said, all the uh, background stuff or any notes you're taking, whatever. It's just, it's very, very time-consuming, and it's a lot, man. It really, it'll wear on you. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh, it's one of those things like, you know, we were supposed to start it at six. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be five minutes late. I got to make the wife dinner. Cause if I don't, she'll kill me. Yep. So I was like, yep. you gotta like get all this preparation. It sneaks up on you too. Like this, I mean, the, today was gone in a, in a light flash. It was a, it was definitely a quick yeah. Sunday, but, um, Absolutely. for you, you know, slowly becoming a media guy and getting more involved. What's it like, you know, trying to, build the relationship with athletes and stuff. Are you kind of scared to talk to these guys? Are you like, you mentioned you're, you're friendly, you shake their hands and all that, but is it still kind of like, you still got to get like that super fan moment or are you kind of laid back with these athletes now? I would say not really any super fan moments anymore. Yeah. Uh, if I go back to 17, first race I ever went to as media was Lakewood. And the, I went to media day and there was like nobody there at media day that I, as I remember, that's my first time. Like I, I know the guys now, like Guy B from Vital and Steve and Weeds, and none of those guys were there. And I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I had a little voice recorder. Um, I went, like I remember, so the teams that were there that day were Rocky Mountain. So Blake Baggett was there, the Pro Circuit guys, I think Freddie Norin. Um, I don't remember everybody, but I remember standing outside the, the Rocky Mountain tent during media time and not knowing what I was supposed to do. Like Blake was sitting there. Uh, he was eating. Keely, his wife, was helping him get some stuff ready. And I bet I stood there for a half hour, not saying anything, just waiting to make eye contact. Like I had no idea that I could just walk into the tent and say, hey, dude, uh, I'd like to get an interview because that's why they're there. That's why I was there. I was nervous. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, it, it was, I, I'd like to go back, actually, I should go back and listen to that and see how it sounded, but he, he, like, as soon as I made, actually, Keely made eye contact with me, and she said, hey, do you need something? And I told her, she's like, oh, yeah, well, come on, and, and I did the interview with Blake, and then mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm doing this very, very small podcast, would love to get you on, uh, I don't really know how this works, he gave me his phone number, that simple. So, that gave me some confidence. Then yeah. I went over to Pro Circuit. And, uh, like I talked to Austin Forkner's mom, who is friends with some of my friends and instantly had a relationship with them and Austin. And I just realized these guys, for the most part, seem pretty cool. They, they'll give you their number. They trust you, which I don't know how good. I think that's good for, for me anyway. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and over the next year, that whole year of 17 and early 18 and Supercross, I was pretty nervous. But now I know most of them. Uh, the new guys coming in don't know who I am, but I feel, I honestly feel like I belong now. So the only super fan, the last super fan type moment I had was meeting McGrath at MX of Nations. That was, I had to be cool, but it was not easy to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of getting a jitters. Oh, I was. Yeah. I was a hundred percent. But, um, yeah, for the most part, 
I feel like I belong now. I think I just realized they're, they're normal dudes and they're pretty cool. They're all very friendly. I haven't had any issues at anybody other than one guy. I'm not going to blow him out, but one, one rider in particular has given me some issues here and there. <laughs> I want to guess who it is. Can I, can I guess or not? You can guess. Yeah. Is it, is he, Go ahead. Did he win the outdoor title, 250 title two years ago on a couch? No. No. Oh, okay. I thought you mentioned that that hit was him. Nope. Nope. I've had no. Nope. Uh, I'm not saying anything. I don't okay. want to say anything. Yeah, you're good. Um. All right. So that's kind of what I was thinking, but I wasn't. You know, it seems like these guys are just for the most part normal dudes. You know, they have their circles. Um. You know, yeah. like you hear Jason's pretty tight. He's got his a smaller circle, and um. But really, besides that, all these guys are pretty open books. Um. For the most part, and. Even Jason, once you get to know him, I know he's really, really nice. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I think he, our, uh, go ahead. he did. He did a school at one of our local races. Yeah, our local race tracks, and then he did a race. He kind of sponsored or whatever a race at Halloween at the same track. And I bet I talked to him there for forty-five minutes, just completely off the record. Super open, super friendly. Uh, yeah, just basically let me know. Hey, I don't like doing the media stuff. I don't like that. I don't want to be forced to do it. Uh, you know, but sitting there off the record, awesome, yeah. awesome guy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. He's kind of like an uh, un, under, I wouldn't say underdog, but kind of like a silent assassin with like his smartness and, and how, you know, quick he is on, on just all around, what's all around him um, yeah. with just money and uh, just everything, you know, his his program, everything. Like he, he almost makes, wants people to think this thing so he can do his other thing like it's it's almost like a uh i don't know the exact word for it but he he does a really good job of making people think that he's he's not doing the work but i'll tell you right now from people i know that know him really well he's he's definitely putting in the work oh absolutely so i heard he's got a very strict regiment but for you i know you and zach became really close like would you say that's probably like your your biggest relationship that you've grown with the sport because like some of these guys you know, Steve's got some really good friendships. Kiefer's got some really good, you know, a lot of these guys have really good relationships with some of these riders. And it seems like you're kind of starting to get some really good relationships as well. Um, like you said, is that just growing with confidence and, and talking to these guys more? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, Zach's probably one of the top guys that I would say I communicate with the most. And uh, But he's, he's that way with everybody, to be honest. Uh, yeah. He's probably the easiest guy to talk to. Uh, you know, guys like, Honestly, a lot of the mechanics, man, like Jericho is somebody that I've become pretty tight with, Ryan Bree, some of the privateers, uh, Tyler Entenapp, you know, guys like that. Um, those guys i probably become tighter with than any of the superstar, quote-unquote, guys, uh, other than, like, Zach. And Cooper's pretty good with me uh, most of the time, although I sent him a text last week that he still hasn't responded to. So, But, uh, yeah, I think that Zach, as far as the elite guys, Zach's probably the best relationship I have. Okay. Yeah, I uh I remember you said something about Cooper um and your bet with Daniel and everything. So I'm excited to see what happened the outcome yep. on that. It's gonna be funny on Instagram. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We, uh hopefully Jesus, I hope I don't have to wear a cowboy jersey. Jeez. God, that would be funny. But like it would not you, be. Like you mentioned on the wrap up show, like trying to get him to wear a uh, a Niner jersey on race day live. I feel like that'd be kind of cool for our sport if we kind of showed the other side. Like if we did, you know, if we did wore some some stuff to the stadiums, you know what I mean? Like kind of got more involved. Like I know some of the riders, you know, wear 
jerseys on in opening ceremonies and stuff. Like, True. I, think, I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, it would be kind of cool, but I also see the professional side yeah, that NBC sure. is trying to present, and so. Yeah, I understand that he wouldn't really be allowed to do that. But, yeah, there, it'd be nice to have something within the, the show, maybe a little segment or something where he has to do that. But Yeah, yeah. like, maybe they're, like a they're little... not, they, don't give a, they don't care about my bet with him. No, no, they don't, though. But, yeah, it'd be cool if they had like a little 10, 15-minute segment to where maybe he's doing like a track analysis yeah. and he's wearing a jersey for that little segment or something. Um, I would like that. But yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest thing for us is we're going into a new a new era of TV and everything. And as a media guy, for you, do you feel like you're going to try to go to more rounds? I know you do everything out of this pocket for you. Everything's out of pocket for you. You're not making the big bucks like Steve is. But, you know, for you, are you going to try to do Tuesday, Saturdays? Are you going to do just Saturdays? Like what's your plans as a media as a media consultant? As of now, I'm doing all the Texas rounds. So I okay. will be doing the Tuesday races. But that is the only round. Those are the only rounds that I got credentials for. Uh, Sean, when I reached out to him for the credentials this year, said, hey, you know, they're very limited, which I understand. Just like I did not get credentials for Salt Lake City yet last year because of the limited media credentials they were allowing. Uh, so I, I only be at Texas rounds, and I feel very fortunate that I even got those. But those, And he said out of pocket, which to some extent that's true. We do have some pretty good paying sponsors. And we have some patron supporters that, you know, support us every month. And that's where all the travel money comes from, honestly. Okay. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I figured. You know what I mean? Like, Steve's always asking riders, like, you know, he had Villapoto on. He's like, yeah, you got $30 million in the bank. And I wish RV would have been like, <laughs> well, how much money you got in the bank, Steve? You're always asking us. What do you got in the bank? Yeah, yeah. Steve, man, I, actually, I'd like to know that. I think I think Steve makes uh, – uh, he he makes really really good living doing what he does, oh, yeah. and he deserves it. I, he he hustles, man. There's no doubt. I'm not taking anything away from him. Uh, and uh, by the way, I'll say this on air. He actually texted me last night and uh, asked me, "Hey, who are the two guys? Remind me who the two guys were that were on the wrap up show. You know wh- what they do." So I I told him, okay. and uh, I, yeah, I was like, "Hey, why, why'd you ask?" And he just, oh, "I was just curious. I wasn't. I couldn't remember what their positions were because usually I'd say your positions." Yeah, and you know, Carter. Connor couldn't have his uh, set on air, so we just right. kind of didn't go that route this week. But uh, he was questioning it. I'm kind of curious as to why. And then he asked me to send him all the audio that I had pulled from his show to use on the rap show. He asked me if I'd send all that to him. So I don't know if he's got something he's working on for Monday night or not, but it's kind of it's got me wondering what's going on. Well, I think, too, Connor kept saying undisclosed job he said it a yeah. couple times during the yeah. show so i don't know if because like yeah. you guys said he doesn't really listen to the show so i wonder if he listened and, and was just like okay what's this undisclosed job that he's you know what i mean so that was probably part of it yeah but yeah i, I, I always wonder how those feedbacks go if you, you know for the wrap-up show because i was looking on the discord chat and seeing if anybody talked about it but um i always enjoyed doing those but i didn't know how the feedbacks feedback was on those if if you get a lot of feedback or not I, I get, I wouldn't say a lot, but I get my fair share, and most of it is positive. Um, I'm going to see if, actually, hey, let me read one to you right now. I just got this up like 30 minutes ago before we started. Uh, this guy, Mike Montella, on Instagram, I'm, I'm, hopefully he doesn't care. Wrap up show is better than the, uh, yeah, wrap up show is better than the actual Pope show. Just listen, keep it up, Dark Side. So I get, I get good stuff. Yeah. Every once in a while, I get I see the negative stuff too, but yeah, you're uh, gonna I don't know get if you it. saw the. Yeah, do you see the thread on these Pulp or Pulp MX Twitter? 
with the No, I don't do Twitter. Oh, okay. So he did a poll for who should be the top pulp employee of the year, which was Mark's tit, um, Talon, and myself. And I lost, which I, <laughs> I was hoping to at least beat one of the other I'm guys. Gonna, yeah, I'm Mark assuming it'd probably be Mark that would win it. Oh, yeah. But his was like 54%, and then I yeah. had like 13, and the other guys had 15. But some dude on there was like, oh, you should get, uh, you should kick the wrap-up show off your network. So I got that one. You know, there's always the one hater. Yeah, yeah you're going to get it. The balls. Yeah, you're going to get it. But freaking, you know, yeah. Talon going in there with a broken back, like, holy crap, that was crazy. Agree, dude. He's Yeah, I love that kind of work ethic. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of goes back to uh, – getting back on track of this show for you, like yeah, the work. Mark. No, no, you're good. Like, that's why we have you on. Cause I, I want to let people know, like, this is how you get in the industry. You build relationships. You talk to people, you have to be yourself. Don't, you know what I mean? For us, it's, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are standoffish and, and they see our, our sport as, I, I don't know the right word, but I would say like, not scary in a sense, because it's not, but I guess just outside looking in, it seems very overwhelming um to where it's once you're in it once you're in it you're you're kind of in it you you make those relationships and you meet people and um your brand i guess you could say like the dark side brand or the triple j brand um moto x the pulp it all grows with the more you meet people so and that's kind of why i tell everybody i'm like market yourself as a product and you know how would you want to you know be a product you want to you want to treat people well you want to you know work well you want to like you said have good work work ethic and all that so um, I think if you have that mentality, you can have success in our industry. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it would have been as easy if I didn't have the quote unquote dark side persona type thing. Uh, you know, if, if it was just my real name, I think that sort of helped. But really, when you talk about getting in the industry, I was fortunate to be involved with this podcast at the right time because you can't hardly get in and get credentials anymore. Yeah. But, um, I like you said. I, I was friendly. I would talk to these guys. There was some pieces of information that happened on some interviews on site, like at some of the races that I questioned afterwards. Like, dude, like um, Eli Tomax, Eli Tomax, mom did an interview with me at MX of Nations, and she said some things that I knew I really couldn't post. I could not put them in. The, I had to cut it. Yep. And. Kawasaki came to me afterwards and was like, hey, what did you, what happened? Because apparently that ha- happened before. And I was like, dude, I'm already cutting this stuff. Don't worry about it. So, and I've done that with other people too. Like, I'm not going to, I'll cut that out or I won't use yeah. that or I won't even ask that question because too sm- I'm too small, man. I can't, I don't want to be burn those bridges like we talked about. Yep. So I think people trust me, the people that I've done dealt with and they understand that I'm not trying to be uh, TMZ. Right. And that's kind of what I've told people too. You know, it's like, I'll say, and I, I've learned this actually from Daniel. It's like, I'm not here to break any news. I'm here to talk about it. I'm like, let Steve break it. Let swap break it. Let motor motocross action break it. And then I'll talk about it. Like, I don't want to be that guy that puts out a rumor or puts out this because it's going to get back. Someone's going to hear about it and it's just not going to be a good look. Yeah. I've done it twice. At Millville in 19, I believe it was, I pulled it up to Millville on, like, Monday. We were going to race amateur day, or Tuesday. It was the Tuesday before the race. Okay. And an industry, or somebody from the track came up to me and said, Amart is off uh, JGR, 
Yeah, yeah, JGR. He's, he's gone. He's leaving. Like, he's not going to be on the bike this weekend. And then somebody else told me that. I was like, shit, I'm tweeting it. And it was, obviously, it was wrong. And I felt like an idiot. Yep. Uh, and then this year at Loretta's one, I had been at the track 30 minutes. And three different industry people told me, we are not going to Hangtown or wherever they were going next week. Washougal. We're not going to Washougal. Yeah. We're staying here. And I tweeted it. And five minutes later, at, at most, I got a text from somebody. That has not been confirmed. If the, if, uh, if the Coombs see that, they're going to be pissed. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you who saved my butt, but I pulled it down and... You know, they didn't announce it till later, but I was trying to break news because you wanted the like yeah, you wanted people, yeah, you wanted people to know like you're, you're a legit media source. Yeah, but the person that saved my butt said a year from now, nobody's going to remember who who tweeted that first. It's not going to matter, and they're right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I learned a lesson. Yeah, I remember that was kind of the talk of the pits at Loretta's one. <laughs> Like everybody was yeah. like kind of yeah, yeah. trying to figure yeah, out what you the and heck. I talked about it. As a matter of fact, yeah, yeah you and I did talk. Yeah, yeah, that we had heard it, you know, but I had heard it from like three other people, and I, yeah, we talked about it, and yeah, I, I, I had already tweeted it. I think when I talked to you. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure if you did it or if it not. I don't, like I said, I don't have Twitter, but um, yeah, how crazy was that? Is you know going back to being a media guy and and kind of everything changing with with Corona and stuff like. I, I, I have to be honest with you. I kind of like the pits with not a thousand million people like just in your way and like shoulder to shoulder. Like, but at the same aspect, I kind of miss it too because it's like that's what our sport is. You get the exclusivity with the riders, yep. the one on ones, but it's like the pits were kind of nice at Loretta's. I'm not going to lie. It was cool there, but for me, that was the only race I had access to. So because of Corona, I can't go to as many races as I wanted to. Right. Um, so, it's kind of been a disappointment. Okay. Yeah, just with flying and stuff, yeah. or or what? Well, because I can't like it, the nationals originally, um, we weren't going to have any. Well, even at Loretta's one, there was technically no access for interviews. We couldn't go to the trucks and do interviews. Yeah, we which didn't make any sense because we were all hanging out in the pits together talking, but we couldn't do an official interview. So. I wasn't allowed to do anything. It made no sense for me to be there. It, there's no reason for me to pay money, spend money to fly to the next race, wherever, whichever race I pick, if I could not get content. That's the only reason I go. Right. So I chose not to go, and then they changed the rules and actually allowed some interviews. The same thing with Supercross this year. From what I understand, there's not going to be any access in the pit. There's going to be some yep. things set up where we could do interviews through Zoom, but it just takes all that away, and... I, like, I don't think I'll be walking through the pits at Houston and getting to go say, say hi to Jericho or go say hi to, you know, Derek Rankin or, or uh, you know, Kranz or anybody. I'm just not going to be allowed. I'm not going to have that access, and that sucks. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's going to be real interesting because I was talking to with somebody, and they texted me and said, hey, everything's going to Peacock streaming, which I think a lot of people already know already, and then mm-hmm. there's going to be, like, no access to riders, um, and then – uh, it's gonna be like seventy dollars a test because they're trying to get instant tests now or something like that. Um, and I was yep. like, dude, I'm out. Like, I I'm not spending that money. Like, I want to go and I, I want to do interviews well. and everything, but I'm like, I'm not spending that, and I'm not even. I can't even get a confirmation on a credential. Like, I'm being told, yeah, I should be fine, but I'm not risking. I'm not flying to Houston and not getting anything. So 
with you, right. it, you already yeah. have yours, but it's like mine's kind of like, oh, we'll see, we'll see, and it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going off, we'll see. <laughs> and I've heard right. those pits are like well, a yeah, half I've a heard. mile away from the stadium. <laughs> At Houston, yeah, it's a pretty good walk. Yeah. Um, and I paid for two of those tests because they're only good for seven days. Yeah. So yeah. we take it on Friday. Taking it on Friday for press day. They're actually having a press day at H1. Okay. Um, that means it's, it's not any good but for the next Saturday race. So I had to do two of them. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, it's going to be, I mean, like, as a media guy, how do you feel that's going to be for our sport if somebody, do you feel, like, me as a fan, I feel like if one of our guys gets corona, with how our sport is, I feel like we won't talk about it. But maybe we will. Somebody like Steve might might talk right. about it or whatever. But it's like if a rider loses a title from Corona, like we've had guys race with flu. We've had guys race hungover. Like these guys will race, I think, <laughs> if they have Corona. But it's like if, sure. if they get screwed, like that's going to suck, dude. But it's going to be good good media content for you. I'm sure if, say, Cooper Webb comes down with it and he physically feels capable of racing, the team keeps it on the DL. Yeah. But I, I will go back to this, though, just real quick. We're talking about the media yeah, yeah, stuff. You're good. So I do like the fact that at Salt Lake City, Feld introduced the Zoom press conferences at their every race, okay. which was fantastic for somebody like me who could not be there and who cannot do every round because at that point, I was allowed to be a part of every press conference, even though I wasn't there. Then MX Sports uh, incorporated that, and they're going to do that again this year for Feld. And I think that's really badass. Um, Trent, uh, I can't remember Trent's last name, and Nick Still, who do a podcast in Australia, Moto Limited Network. Yep. Yeah, I did it. Nick with helps me out. Yeah, Nick helps me out with the wrap-up show with notes. They asked me the other day, like, do you think we could get credentials? And I texted Sean, and he's like, yeah, let me, let me take care of it or let have them email me. I, I assume it's been taken care of. But those guys will be able to be in Australia 15 hours ahead or whatever they are and still do the, the American Supercross press conference if they are allowed. And I think that's awesome for a sport. That's more content, more people involved, more yeah. spreading of the word. So that is a good thing that's come from it. Yeah. And that's, I did, like you said, I did the Moto Limited with them. And I had this persona yeah. that Australia was pretty big with power sports and industry wise. And come to find out, like, it's very, very niche in Australia, like, way worse than it is here. Like, oh, I'm sure. And I was like, I didn't know that. Like, cause there's a lot of guys you have Reed and, um, uh, Metcalf and Burner and like so many guys yeah. that are like just legends of our sport and they all came from Australia. So I was like, I thought Australia was huge. Um, but you know, Nick and those guys said it's not, not as big as uh, a lot of people think. It's interesting. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. So I feel like the more, and that's why I'm excited about the Tuesday the Tuesday um, Supercrosses, because I, I mentioned on the show with you, I'm hoping that we'll get more sports bars and more restaurants turning on the race. during. Like, we're planning on going to Mexican um, dinner for, like, Tuesday night, just a big group of us and going over okay. there and watching the race and, and turning it on the TV and just kind of taking over this restaurant. Um, That'd be rad. I might have, yeah, I might have to come up and involve myself in that. I like Mexican food. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just something to get, pe- you know what I mean, to get people together. Like, yeah. you know, like for you and, and Amber, it's you have to play it back for audio. But, like, you know, it's one of those things where if you guys can do something with your friends and go out and watch the race and, and do something on a Tuesday night. But it's uh, it's going to be definitely weird, but I th- I'm hoping they keep keep it like this. I think it will be really good for our sport. But 
Um, yeah, I'm excited about the Tuesday races, except for the fact of like I mentioned with the podcast, like my show is typically on Tuesday night, so right. there everything's pushed back a night, and that's one more night of a bunch of stuff I have to do where I really won't be focusing on Amber or whatever. It's it's just another night where I'll be up till midnight, 1 a.m., probably doing something. One one of these races, you just need to call a couple of us up and we just do a show. We just do like a, a show during Supercross. We all watch it together and we just do a show. Yeah. That's what TJ actually mentioned that last week uh, on our show, at the end of our show that he'd like to do that. So yeah, maybe we can organize that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Like just get, you know, a couple guys, like whoever you feel, you know, if, if my name's yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm available, but if my name's not, I understand, okay, right. too. I understand dark side. I understand. Um, <laughs> But you know, for for our for my show, um, you know, we talked a little bit about how you got your podcast started. We talked a little bit how you got hooked up with Steve. But for you yep. personally, you know, now that you've been in the industry for a little bit and you've kind of seen the ins and outs. Do you have something you love about our sport and something that you hate about this sport? Ooh, I still love. I just love the sport in general. As yeah, it's hard a not to. Fan. I love the racing. Um, it is pretty damn cool that I have Jeremy McGrath's phone number and Zach Osborne's phone number. That's something that's come from this that I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I try to think. This, the thing I don't like about our sport is still the, the typical secrecy, uh, you know, yeah. keeping all the injuries secret. It's just, I think all that's stupid. Same as most people. Like, let's just be real about it. it it's not, like, I guess, you know, it's not curing cancer or whatever, right? We're, we're racing motorcycles. It, let's not take it quite so serious. It's racing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things yeah. where I think it's only going to help our sport. Like, there's things going on right now that, you know, we can't talk about that we know about. And it's like, man, it's like, this is not going to hurt our sport. Like, you know, what's the big deal? Like, okay, you have a press release come out in a week or so, but why why wait a week? Like, let's just get this out. Like, let's right. talk about it. Like, you know, there's stuff going on with Zach. There's stuff going on with Chase. Um, you know, nobody really knows about Baggett. So it's like, why the heck can't we just talk about this guys? Like as soon as something comes out, like in basketball or football, like the fans know right away, like, and I get yeah. it. They're big, no, we, a big, you know, global and we're global too. But I mean, it's just like, man, like just, I just, it just sucks. And maybe it's just cause there's so many people involved, um, that feel they have to talk to this person and this person and this person before it can come out instead of just somebody just letting it all come out. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, like we still don't know what Justin Hill's doing, but there's probably a lot of people in his corner that are like, "Oh, don't you know, keep it that, keep it to yourself." But I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, you're only going to build up your fan base the more information you give out and the more insight you give to your um, your brand. So, but yeah. we'll see what happens. You know, it's I don't think it'll ever change as long as felt. You know, until these guys have like a writers' union and and everybody just kind of has somebody to protect them, I think we'll all just kind of at Feld's mercy um which don't get me wrong you know Feld's done amazing stuff with our sport there's every there's pros and cons and everything it's just the way it is sure i mean it's a business yeah but i feel like overall they've done a really good job of of improving the the situation the tracks the racing yep. you know the tv coverage so i'm not gonna hate on Feld. i mean no no not at all gonna be issues yeah every yeah. everybody's gonna have issues i mean you Find me yep. somebody that doesn't complain about their wife or their job or this or that. Like yep. it's just it's just human nature. Yeah. It's just how it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But for me, I'm just glad to have Supercross, and like I I play Supercross the game, so I'll take that too. So I mean, it's just 
I say the biggest thing that just bums me out, like you said, it's just I feel like I wish more of this stuff came out faster. That's all. Like I just wish we can. And then I also too, I wish we were allowed. Our riders were allowed to do more stuff, like sell their merch at the races and and do more. Oh, behind, that's a big one. Yeah, and do more behind the scenes stuff. Like I wish Ectonac could run a vlog at the races and provide more behind the scenes stuff, or you know, uh, Monster Cowie have like a, a reality series or whatever. Just more stuff to give more insight to our industry. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good one. Good good one there, Justin. Yeah, I, I know a couple guys that just wish they can do it and they can't. And it's just like, man, like they they would make so it would just make our sport so much bigger. I feel like if we could have more people wearing athletes jerseys, like you know what I mean. Like, name a football game that doesn't have fifty percent of the fans wearing their favorite writer's jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. I I watched my first NFL game uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, at least 50% had jerseys on. Yeah, so maybe one day, maybe one day. But, I mean, I feel like they're trying to figure some stuff out. And, you know, uh, Adam Cincerello and Jace's um, uh, agents started the family. And you're seeing those guys do more merch websites. So these writers are starting to do more merch websites, I'm seeing. So that's that's good. And I think that will help our sport. But, again, back to you, Dark Side. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Let's see here. Let's go down, back down my notes here and see what I had for you. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about that. But as far as your media career, you know, being four years in, what's the what's the long goals? Like, what's the long term for, for the Pony and for Dark Side and the Moto X Pod? Are we trying to make this a career? Are we trying to keep our day job? Like, what's the plan for you? Look, I mean, a perfect world, yeah, it, it would sustain itself. I could be like Steve Mathis and make great money doing it. Um I'm not built like Steve, though. I, I don't have that thing that where you can just bet, go all in and bet on yourself. And yeah. um, I, that's why I have to keep my day job. Um, I don't think I'm as good at it as Steve is, if I'm being honest. He's just the knowledge he has and retains is much more than I can do. So I don't know that it ever will, to be honest. Um, it's probably not the best attitude to have. No, it's but, just, it's, it's, that's just human nature you, you're a lot of people are scared to, to bet on themselves i mean yeah i'm not saying you're scared but i get where you're coming from you're just well, it, do you want to spend it's 20 grand that. to go to every race or do you want to save that 20 grand and invest it in your in something else you know what i mean and i'm not saying it's gonna be yeah, 20 grand to do it. i'm just throwing out a hypothetical number so everybody sure. come down <laughs> probably more than that honestly but, probably um yeah i don't know man i it's the show's growing every year yep it's it's very difficult I, for me, I, and I think it's because, okay, all the big shows, whether it be Mathis, who is a professional mechanic, Whiskey Throttle, who has Ping, who's a professional racer, GL is a professional racer, yeah. main event, Daniel Blair was a professional racer, um, what's RC show? Um, oh, and, and uh, they, yeah, three, four, or, uh, 147 or whatever, 447. There you go. So they, they're both professional racers, right? Yeah. So the average fan, if they hear about that, they're going, oh, I want to hear about that, right? But, yeah. Nobody knows who the hell I am unless you happen to listen to Pulp and I called in. And that actually works against me a lot of times because they're like, well, who the hell is he? So it's very hard. It's been very difficult to get our show to grow, I think, because of that. Because I, I truly believe we have a very good product. I think our show is in the top three or four shows. We try to do things a little differently. Yeah. Um, but it's still hard to make it grow. So it, to see it ever actually sustain itself it's hard for me to wrap my brain around but at the same time 
three years ago we had no income coming in and now we have a pretty fair amount we have you know a charities on board paying blood lubricants a bunch of other sponsors yep. um so as far as actually what the goal is for me it's probably just trying to grow a little every year trying to get more people to listen to watch us on our youtube channel because we do the same thing steve does man on most shows we're live on tuesday night on youtube we have multiple cameras uh it, it works very similar to the way steve show does but we don't have we probably have 12 to 15 people watching on a, on a tuesday night and that's it and i can't figure that out yeah um but my goal really would be I'd like to see it double. Let's just say that in the next two years, I see it double in viewers and listeners. Yeah, I think a lot of people are with the the viewing is getting it's getting bigger, but it's still. I mean, like I, I it's it's hard for me to watch YouTube for five hours with Steve. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and I'll check on it just to see, and he'll have three hundred people watching or two hundred people watching. So, um, so I think the biggest thing is our our attention span is not very long. You know, some guys will True. sit down and watch it, but I, I feel like the live, the live stuff's awesome. Like seeing those guys' reactions and stuff, but I feel like those are like true, true moto fans. Like those guys, that's, that's your core. Die hard, yeah. yeah. That's your core people. Like, I mean, even me, like being in the industry, I cannot sit down for five hours and watch, watch YouTube. Like it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's not easy. No. And if I, if I wasn't doing the wrap up show, I wouldn't do it either, but yeah. I kind of have to get it all my notes in so right you know and i look at sometimes like steve has on the average i want to say on a monday night show he has like fifty thousand downloads a week for the pulp show okay uh so when he does a contest he gets a couple hundred 150 100 people uh of those fifty thousand, you know entering the contest our yeah. show has four thousand on average a week and when we do a contest we have like five to ten Kind of, I think about it, I'm like, man, why are these people not entering the contest? But Steve really, I guess, I don't know what the actual percentage is of those, but of the 50,000 he has listening, he doesn't really have that many entering either. They're really involved. Yeah, if you look at the percentage. That makes me feel a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, when I look at the numbers, I, I feel a little better. You know, I mean, look, three years ago, we probably had three or 400 people downloading our show. Now we're at like 4,000. It right. is growing. Um, but I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that it will ever be a full-time thing. Yeah. It's one of those things where you almost need like a break. You need something like you just need to have Osborne wear a Moto X pod on the podium, pod shirt on the podium. And then your life, will be, be turn, awesome. your yeah. life will be turned around. And that would be, <laughs> do a couple uh, visor yeah. deals. I need to do a helmet, <laughs> I need a helmet sticker deal. Yeah. Uh, but I think for you, you're you're on the right track. You're you're like you said, you're an outgoing guy. You're easy to talk to. Um, yeah. And it seems like everybody that you you meet, you build a relationship with. And then I mean, I don't know anybody else who can ride Damon Bradshaw's bike and then and then go and crash it and still be friends <laughs> with Damon Bradshaw. So you got that going for you. I was scared. I was scared <laughs> he was going to be mad for sure. <laughs> you know, and I think even with the haters, the people that talk shit on yeah. social media, uh-huh. I really believe if they actually met me they would like me because I, I mean, I'm just like, I'm not an asshole. I'm a, I, I remember early on the wrap up show, somebody had to be Twitter made a comment that dark side, what it was, what did it say? It's something like he, uh, he just seems too nice or that's not what it said, but it's something like that. I was like, yeah. uh, that's a bad thing. Like, right. That, yeah, that's, that's who I am. Like I really 
am just like that's how I was raised. I just yeah am nice. Even if I don't get along with somebody, I try to be nice to an extent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then somebody else they made a comment like he's always this was years a couple years ago. Like he's just always trying to get free stuff. <laughs> I don't think I ever asked for anything free from Steve. I did enter some contests, but I don't think I ever asked for anything. So I didn't know where some people just hate to hate. Yeah. And uh, Jason Thomas told me, like, he told me at dinner last year, I think at Dallas, he said, man, if you have haters, you're doing something right. So don't worry about it. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's it's one of those things to where if these pe- there's no bad thing is bad publicity, right? So. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for you, you're you're doing everything correctly, and and I know what that's like my like my wife gives me shit all the time. She always calls me too nice, so I d- I definitely know uh, what you're going through on that. But again, it's just how we were raised. You know, it's if somebody needs help, you're going to try to help them, or if somebody yep. you see somebody struggling, you're going to try to figure out how to help. So, um, yeah, I think that's just how you know, like you said, it's just your upbringing. So. And I think yep. in our industry, there's quite a few people like that. I don't know a lot of races that you go to, and if somebody needs a tube, you're not going to see somebody helping out with a tube, or if somebody needs help with a tire change or whatever. You're, our community as a whole, I think, does a pretty good job of of helping each other. Unless you're Mathis, you know, then you don't help. You don't help with the easy up or anything. <laughs> God, dude, like I feel like his snarkism, or if I don't even know if that's a word, almost gives him more fans, just because of how. Yeah, he oh is. yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's like people love it. I feel like deep down, if he was to uh, show his soft side, I guarantee. I feel like he's got a soft side. He's got to have a soft side. Oh, he! I tell people all the time, he talks so much shit right on the show. Yeah, but he'll te- he's texting me afterwards like it's just joking, or he'll he has helped me so much with my own show, like audio stuff. When before I got an iPhone, and I was having some some issues with my cell phone and because I, I didn't even have a landline in here and, and I was doing like, well, with the wrap up show originally I was using my droid and yep. doing a three way call and that sounded like shit most of the time. So we were talking about it. He goes, dude, I'm going to send you an iPhone. And I was like, you don't have to do that. And he, right. he helped so much. So he's he, like a, he uh, a he's like an undercover mentor. I would say for you then. Yeah, for sure, man. He, uh, even going back before I was doing the wrap-up show, like at Anaheim 1 in 19, I asked him some questions just about like how he handles things when he learns, just like we talked about a little while ago, if you learn something off the, off the record that's big news, like how do you decide when you break it? And he like he answers all those questions for me. Yeah. And never treated me like I was bugging him or, or anything. He's like, he just answered them. And he, he's, he is a softy dude. I mean, if you if you're a fan of the Pulp Mech show, you know Pookie and how sweet she is. Pookie's not going to be married to an asshole, right? Yeah, I feel like she would put him in his place real quick. Yeah, he's so. he's a good dude. Yeah, he I got I had a, a I had a couple up. times to meet him, and he was always super nice, you know. And I've saw people uh, just you know just outside watching, and just his uh, personality with with the fans and stuff. He just seems like you know he's just a passionate guy that loves what he does. Yeah, and I think and that's I will what's going for you too. Now, I think I think that's what's helping your show is as people are starting to see that yeah. more. So I, I hear that a lot, and I will say though, now when Steve gives me shit on the show, he means a lot of what he's saying. Like his yeah. beliefs on the wrap-up show, he believes those things. I think he's wrong um, about like the, the guests not having not letting them have their own opinion or whatever. I think he's wrong on that, but he does believe it. But he plays it up. Uh, to give me shit, you know. I mean, that's just what he does. 
I was always told if I wasn't picking on you, it means I don't like you. And I, I still, to this day, yeah. still get confused on it because I feel like it makes me think like, okay, if this guy's not picking on me, does that mean he doesn't like me? Like, so it's like right. one of those double edged right. swords. So, sure, um, sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I feel like the banter that you and Steve have is a, is a really good, um, really, you know, just fun to listen to for sure. Awesome. But for you, I mean. Uh, let's see here. So we have with the Scott subjects, Scott subjects on Instagram. Huge thanks to Scott Sports USA. Um, the widest lens on the market. Um, light sensitive lens is one of the best lenses wore it yesterday. And I'll tell you right now, guys, if you don't have a pair of Scott Prospects Furies, um, please go check these guys out. All their goggles are made in the USA. So again, check out Scott's goggles. Make sure to get them at your local WPS dealer. And uh, for Scott subjects, I posted a picture of you with uh, Hunter Lawrence, which Oh yeah. Speaking speaking of Hunter Lawrence and kind of getting into the silly season talk, we're not going to talk too much about it. We're already at an hour, but I don't want to keep you too long. But speaking of you know just Lawrence brothers and two fifties, we'll start with these guys. As a media guy, do you feel you attack, or maybe not even attack, but kind of question their relationship as to where Hunter was a guy a year ago and now Jets the guy with Red Bull and Alpine Star and HRC. Do you feel like there's any behind the scenes kind of chip on the shoulder from Hunter? I would think as a human being, it would bug him. Now, whether he outwardly like has a chip on his shoulder, getting frustrated, I don't know them well enough to know his personality, but I don't think you could be that in that situation and it not be like kind of hurt your feelings a little bit. I mean, there's how many movies are there where like one child or whatever gets all this attention and the other one gets pissed off or whatever. Like this is human nature. Even hell, it doesn't even have to be two brothers. I mean, you yeah. take Marvin Muscan and Cooper Webb, right. Uh, you know, there's egos involved and there's feelings involved. So yeah, I would think it would bother him. And I would think that he absolutely wants to prove he's every bit as talented, if not more. Okay. I agree. I think for, just racing in general and being a racer, you want to be better than your competition. And yeah, it's his brother, but it's still competition. They're going to be on different coasts, yeah. I would imagine. But still, come outdoors, Hunter's going to want to prove that he's the guy. Because I'm guaranteeing you right now, yeah. Jet's paychecks probably a lot bigger than Hunter's right now. So I would um, too. Yeah, I mean, Red Bull alone is probably, I would say, a good portion of Hunter's um, salary. So, yeah. um. Moving forward, though, so you got those guys on Honda. We go to Yamaha. You got 17 dudes over there riding 250s. Um, Just kidding, but still, you got a lot of guys over there. Who do you feel is going to be the guy? For me, I think Craig is going to be up there. But for you, like, what are you thinking? Like, you know, you feel like there's going to be a lot of stress over the star guys. You know, you got girlfriends and agents and all this stuff and older guys, younger guys. Like, how do you feel it's going to go over there at Star? Man, I think that team has got it figured out. Um, yeah. As far as that stuff goes, I think I think you're right. I think Christian's probably be and well, him and Justin Cooper are probably going to be the guys. Um, and those two have been in the industry long enough that I don't think the girlfriends and the wives are going to have any issues. But um, and I don't even think there's going to be. A, I don't really think there'll be any power struggles at that team. Honestly, I don't see it. I, just with the, the personalities involved. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to run smooth, and honestly, I think they're going to be pretty dominant team this year. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of knowledge over there. You got 
Yeah. Bill Ferrandis, two-time champ, regional champ. Malcolm Stewart, 250 regional champ. Um, Aaron Plessinger, champion, 250 champion. Yeah. I mean, just you got a lot of knowledge over there. And it's going to be – if those guys all hang out together and talk and communicate – their track prep and track walk and all that, dude, they're going to be a threat for sure. Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't see Dylan hanging out. No, no, I, that, so yeah, that's probably the one guy that I feel. But, but I think they should because Dylan. I think Dylan is a little self conscious. Uh, if you get to know him, the the the, the average fan doesn't know him. Right. I've had multiple times of sitting down and talking to him and talking to Nastasia, his, his wife. And they are so friendly and so down to earth and so open. But like Dylan up until this year really was not comfortable talking to media because he was embarrassed of his language barrier. So he came across as standoffish. And then his, the things that happened on the track, like he's aggressive. Um, I think he is short on patience. I don't think he's dirty. So, but I think he has that reputation. It makes it yeah. hard for him to become friends with the other guys. But I think if they would take the time, he could fit right in. Like he's just a good dude. Uh, but I, I still see him being the guy that's sort of off on his own, man. Unfortunately. Yeah, and I think I think it's one of those things where you know those guys kind of usually Europeans usually stay in their own little bubble. But I'll tell you right now, yeah. after the Christian Craig thing. I was a guy that was upset about it. We all were. Let's, let's be honest. But the more I've watched Dylan, he did that video with Monster and Dirt Shark. That video was sick. Um, and then he did the the Moto Co um, segment. We did an interview with Dom Russo, and Dom said the same thing. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure to go check out the episode we did with Dom from Moto Co. Their new movie is out. So definitely go check that out. Revolution is available now. Um, but that segment he did with them, like they talked about it, like, Hey, we came over here. We didn't know where food was. We didn't know anything. Like we yep. just came straight cold Turkey. So I think if, if he allows some of those guys or if those guys are willing to kind of break down that barrier and, and have a relationship with him, it's going to be really, really good for just that whole team in general. And, um, it could be another rockstar Husky. Like everybody I know at rockstar yeah. Husky yeah. says it's a family. And if, if star turns that in into a family, dude, it'll be insane. It would be. Let me ask you this, because I want to go back to the Christian Craig Dillon thing. Okay. Reverse reverse the role. Yep. Christian takes out Dillon like that and goes on, and, you know, how do you react to that? I would still be upset about it. Uh, I wouldn't be okay. as upset about it. But for me, like, the way I look at a takeout pass is if you hit somebody and you both go down, you're an idiot. That's just how it is. Like, right. That's just, you know, when, when Reed hit Stewart – it was if Stewart would have done that to Reed in Atlanta, I would have, you know, they're, they're both, you know, it means like you guys know better. Like why, why? Like that would have been my question. And that's my question for even Dylan or even a Christian would have done it. Dylan's like, why do that? You know, if you're faster, you, you set them up and you take your time and you get it. Like I get it. You, you get impatient and you get desperate, but yeah, to answer your question, I would have been, it would have been the same situation for me. Like, I just don't feel like it's necessary. Um, to do that pass and, and, and you both go down. Like if you hit somebody, you better right. do everything possible um, to stay up. So that's just, yeah. that's okay. my two cents. But what, I right. mean, what about you? Same thing. Like you kind of same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was just a dumb move. I think it was impatient move. Um, I really wasn't mad either way because I didn't think it was on purpose. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you right you now, know, you wouldn't have the booze. I, like if Christian did that to Frandis, you wouldn't I, have the booze. 
Right. And I, I took the same question to the guys a couple years before when Marvin took out Eli at, uh, where was that? Was it Atlanta uh, or? No, it was New England when he T-boned him. Yeah. Metlife yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, if those roles had been reversed, if Eli had taken Marvin down, that crowd would have erupted with cheers. Yeah. That, that's what pisses me off. Right. I don't, I'm not, I don't care where they're from. I'm not a prejudiced person in any way. I don't care where they're from. I just want to see good racing and they, yeah. they try hard. Uh, and so that, and, and I, I had gotten to know Dylan already before that. So I, I really, I just don't have, <laughs> the only person I don't like is the writer that I mentioned earlier that I have an issue with. And I've never, I've never been a fan of this person, but then I had a problem with them as media also. So it just really concreted <laughs> that one person, particular writer. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think again, going back to star though, the question you asked, they're going to be such a great team for a long time. Uh, the 450 team, it's, it's going to be good, dude. I, I don't think, I don't think in the end, at the end of the season, they're going to be like an even necessarily a top five overall. Yeah. But they're they're coming, dude. They're getting there. The team's Dylan's going to be really good in a couple of years. I yeah. just don't expect much to be. If Malcolm doesn't get on the podium this year, I'm going to be disappointed. I'll tell you right now. I want to like, see him. Okay. I want yeah. to see him on the podium. I yeah, that, I definitely see it as a possibility. Yeah. Um, at a race or two, but I not consistently. No, 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 no. It, the class is so stacked. Like it's going to be tough. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough for sure. Um, yep. it's just gonna you know it's stupid and we say it every weekend. It's just it's going to be starts, man. It's it's who gets off that great. Um, it sounds it sounds dumb, but the class is so stacked. Um, I'll tell it you is, right dude, now, the I, heat races are going to be stacked. LCQs are going to have factory bikes in them. It's going to be insane. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking at a sheet of paper where I actually made. I don't know, see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So okay, it's my top ten, my top ten in the 450 class, and for the season the overall. And I got done with it. and I went, oh wait, I forgot Marvin. Where the hell do I put Marvin? Because there's so many freaking guys. Yeah. That every one of the, every one of these guys on my list is capable of winning a race and even a championship, really. And so I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know how to do silly season no. tree race talk this year. It's impossible. That's why I don't do. That's why I don't do fantasy because I get so upset. Yeah. I get so upset. Uh, you guys have so fun with fun. fantasy this year. It's going to be very interesting because you're going to have privateers that are going to struggle to make mains. Yeah, that's actually that's a good point. I might not be taking any privateers. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I mean, there's 14 dudes on or 12 dudes on factory bikes, and that's not including including support factory supported bikes. So your factory supported, you know, Rocky Mountain, your Tedder with Davalos, and yeah, I mean it's it's Dude, crazy. What about Max Anstey, man? Yeah, like I that, that I they're gonna no... get more support from Suzuki, so it's gonna be you know it's not gonna be crazy, but they're gonna get more more help. Yeah, I really wasn't even thinking about Max that much until we had uh, Dustin on the show last week. Yeah. And, like, you know, obviously he's the team owner and manager, but he had me fired up on Max by the end. And I just, I don't know. I can't wait, man. Two weeks, dude. I cannot wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be – my biggest fear is someone's going to leave not healthy because the class is so yeah. stacked. That's my biggest fear. But- I told TJ Tuesday night, like, I wish, I, I want those guys to stop riding now. Like, don't ride your motorcycle again yeah. until freaking race day. Because yeah. I want you all there. Like, I'm so worried that something bad's going to happen. 
Well, I, some of those guys are traveling too. Like Adam was in California and he flew to Florida yesterday. So yeah, um, like it's I, these guys are starting to prepare and get ready. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see kind of what happens with the traveling too. Like you know RV or I don't know if it's RV or whoever talked about it. They're like just get it now, get Corona now, and get it over with. Like oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm that, like dude like that's yeah he sketchy. did say that. But yeah. um, all right, so we got Yamaha, Honda, PC. Uh, we've heard the rumors. We've heard the drama with March Banks. That's I don't I don't really care about that. It is. It's done. It is what it is. Um, sucks for him. But um, for you, Faulkner's a guy I think. But his health, not his health, but his speed and consistency is going to be a huge factor for him. And I hope he can uh, put it all together. He will. He wins the championship this year. I don't care what coach he's on. Okay, so that's your pick for him. Um, yeah, Austin's ready. I think he's matured. Well, <laughs> he's matured in the racing scene. I don't, you know, love yeah. life stuff maybe affects him a little bit, but no, he's he's the cha- you know I'd like to say Moseman because that's my guy, but no, Austin's the guy. Yeah, yeah, Michael's good people. That whole family's really good. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, I'll have to agree with you. He he should be the guy, right? Like he doesn't have four. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have um, Dylan. He doesn't have Chase. Like. Jordan Smith is good, but like Jordan, same thing. He's he has mistakes. McElrath is gone, so Jeremy Martin we know struggles with the whoops. Um, so I mean, really, all he has is Justin Cooper and Jet. and Jet Hunter. And I mean, it's really. Well, and I'm going to put Christian Craig. I'm going to put Christian Craig up. So the, the, the four fat the Craig four is going to be as big as I think with just the mentality, the 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 knowledge of. Like his racing craft, like Craig's racing craft, yeah. I think is going to be better than anybody on the gate. Um, well, and I but, talked to Jericho, who is his mechanic this year, and he said that they have never seen Christian faster. The way that he's he's um, molded or whatever to the Yamaha, you know, the way it it's like fitting him perfectly. Yeah, Christian Christian is going to be top two, dude. Where I mean, I'd like to say I'd love to say he could win too. I mean, obviously he can win, but I, I think yeah. it's going to be Austin, Cooper, Christian, and Jet. Because you're dependent on Coast, those are your four best guys. Yeah, for Coast, if Forkner's on East, he's the champion. If Christian's on West, I, that that would be my East champion, my West champion. I would say. Okay. But if they're on the same, All right. if they're on the same, I I think Austin takes it. If they're on the same coast, yeah, um, I do too. I think Austin's going to be re- no more mistakes, man. It's time to get it done. I think the biggest rivalry though for Supercross this year is going to be Austin and Justin. Um, yeah. I just feel like those yeah. guys are at the top of the classes and, and Justin is not scared to, uh, get aggressive, which we saw, you know, we've seen in the past. So I think that's going to be a big rivalry and big talking points will be Austin and Justin Cooper. Yeah. I think Justin's riding West. I think that was kind of already let out of the bag somewhere and Austin doesn't know, but I, I feel like he's going to be riding East. Okay. It'll be it'll be good to see. I mean, the cool thing is that there is no West this year. You know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting yeah, to see yeah, what right, happens right. with these with these tracks and how they develop. Because you know, when you're training in California on these dry tracks, you got Anaheim one, you got San Diego, you got Arizona, um, Salt Lake. So really, all you have this year is Salt Lake. You know, there's no Vegas. Um, so it's these tracks are going to be rutted and soft, and it's going to be uh, I think some good racing for sure. It will be. Um, the other guy we haven't talked about is Husky. You know, you got you got RJ Hampshire 
if uh, yeah. if he comes back at 100%. We saw what he did with outdoors where he's fast and then he's on his head. So I hope that's not the case in Supercross because he is a badass and I want to see Rockstar Husky. You know, their fly fly team. So we want to, of course, see them do well. Um, so I'm really pulling for RJ and Styles Robertson. Um, I think, you know, I don't know Jalik. I don't know Jalik at all. And I don't know RJ, but for Styles, I want to see Styles do, do really well. Yeah, Styles I met at Loretta's. He seems like a cool kid. Jalik I met at, or at Dallas last year. And kind of like he said on the Pulp Show, he was shy. But I took, I honestly, I took it as he said, as he was kind of just being a butthole, to be honest. But, um, after the Pulp Show, I, I feel like, you know, I have a, a better understanding of him. And then okay. RJ's always super cool. Uh, I think RJ's going to be a top three or four guy on average, but probably not going to get as many wins as the other guys. Yeah, I think RJ's consistency is going to be the biggest thing. He's going to go super fast yep. and either pull it off or uh, ruin his night. So I'm hoping yeah, he just yeah, yeah. slows down to go fast. Um, we all know smooth is fast. So I hope Mike – I think he's working with Mike Brown or Alden. I can't remember. But either way, whoever he's working with, I hope they're right. trying to make him just smoother and, and kind of precise. Right. Um, and, of course, you already said gas gas. We were hoping – you know, Mosman and Pierce Brown, I think those guys are going to be top five. I expect Mosman to be on the podium and, and do well there. Pierce I don't know very well. Um, I've known Michael since he was on 85s. I don't know him well, but I just – that whole family, I want to see the Mosmans do really good. I agree. I think he gets his first win this year. That would be awesome. That bike is sick too. Yeah. Like the gas gases are going to be the yep. best-looking bikes this year. Yeah, he talked about um, even though it's really relatively the same bike, but the, the changing the team, uh, kind of a new – just a, a fresh start, and his him bonding with TK this year, he said he, he and TK are a lot alike. Uh, which anybody that knows Michael, he's odd for a supercross racer. Yes. He's a thinker. He's very methodical. Um, he, he generally is not going to do the Austin Forkner thing where he pushes the limits. Uh, you know, he, he's going to ride smart, but I, I think the change of the team and having TK in his corner, we're going to see a step up again for Mosman. Every year he's improved. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a big step this year. And I think TK does a really good job of, pushing those guys outside their comfort zone. So if he does that with Michael and kind of makes it to where Michael, because Michael, I feel like you can, you can push him, but you have to be, you have to walk that fine line. But if you find that line that gets him to go outside his comfort zone, it's going to be really good for him. Um, Yeah. If you think think back to Denver in 19, when he and AC went at it for a few laps, yeah, Moseman has the speed, man. And I told him, I told him when we interviewed him a couple weeks ago, the one thing that I see with you that I think needs to improve, and I'm nobody, but is your aggressive, aggressive aggression yeah. when somebody comes at you hot. And he's like, hey, man, I'm out here riding with Barsha every day. I'm going to learn something. So hopefully no lie. hopefully he picks up he picks up some shit or some stuff. And, um, you know, when those guys come in on him hot, he doesn't kind of let, you know, just move over. Hopefully he pushes back. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is he needs to have the mentality of he's one of the guys and not just say it, but believe it. So I think if he gets that, if he plays, if he rides supercross, like he plays chess, it could be really good for him. So, (laughs) yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, um, but that's really all. I mean, we could do, I was going to do four fifties at a different time. We can cover four fifty just real quick. Um, Honda's, I heard that chase and Kenny were out at Stewart's with Honda. 
testing um, at Stewart's house, and Chase was ripping. So um, I think Chase is going to be the guy. I, I don't I don't know for sure, and I want to see Kenny do good. Like I said on your show, Kenny's got motivation with his kid and everything, but Chase, dude, I think once he figures out this 450 and, and his riding and his tech, how he's technical on the bike, he's going to be a threat. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. Oh, good. he's absolutely good at this. Yeah, I don't know. He'll consistently be a threat this year. Yeah. because of rookie type stuff. But yeah, he's gonna be the dude. And um, man, I hate to say it, but I think Kenny. You know, all our all of our riders are elite riders. Yeah, hit a peak for two or three years, and they start going down. It just happens, and I think Roxton is unfortunately. He's gonna show those great signs. He's gonna have races where he's so much better than everybody else. But on average, I think he's on his way downhill, man. I just, I hate saying that. Right. But it just, if you look back, it's just, it, it, that's a, it's the history of the last couple of years, health, whatever, <clears throat> that's the way it's going. Yeah, almost like another bag it towards like fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth, and then a win. It's like, dude, like, yeah. you got you to gotta do your seconds and your thirds and your firsts and your fourths. Um, right, right. So. Cooper's the guy this year, dude. I that's I told you that already on your show too. I, I feel Cooper's yep. got a lot going on for him. He's he's super confident. He's mentally stronger than I think anybody on the gate. He's comfortable. Like it's going to be really. I think that's going to be all. The, and I don't. I don't want to say that because I love Zach. Zach's awesome. Like he, you know, he wears fly. But I think Cooper's going to be Alden's next guy. Like I think just the drive yeah. and the work yeah. ethic and. I think that's he kind of has that Villapoto mentality to where if you're in front of him with two laps to go, he's gonna kill himself to beat you. He's not gonna want to. Yep, he's yep. not gonna want to take a second. A hundred percent agree. Uh, so, he finished what? He finished second last year, correct? Yeah. Super, yeah. Yeah, and that's only because and he I missed don't remember. like what, or he missed one round. I think he got that DNF when he landed on his back, and then he came back. Well, that was it, Arlington. Yeah. And yeah, but that was a triple crown, so he still. Uh, hang on, I got it right here. Let's see, so Arlington, he's still. Yeah, I don't. I don't I think actually he got like, have. I think he got seventh overall or something like that. It wasn't really bad. Or twelfth? Okay. No, it was twelfth because he never finished off the podium except one or two times last year. I looked it up the other day. He was right. on the podium yeah, every I, race, besides a if couple. If I did my math, if I did my math correctly, Eli's average finish last year was two point four two. Webb's average finish last year was two point four two. Yeah, exactly the same. Eli had seven wins. Cooper had four. Um, and then Eli it had Cooper not had the back thing. It like he very very well may have been our champion. I, I think so. I mean, it's one of those things to where when he needed to step up, he did, and he knows how to get the starts. He knows how to put himself in the right positions. Like he is. Uh, goes back to what I said about Craig. He's methodical, very methodical. Um, yeah, and I think, and he's confident. So you have methodical and confident in the same category. Uh, it's not yep. going to be good for the competition. So exactly, and, and you brought up Zacho earlier, right? I mean, who first of all wins the last race? Yep, builds confidence. Wins the outdoor championship, builds Builds-up. more confidence. Yeah, his average finish last year, again, if my math is right, was three point one four. So with, mis- with missing half the off. series. Yes, with the injury, I, I think, practice before Atlanta. So he missed half of it. Yeah. Thankfully, had time to recover before Salt Lake City. 
you know, and, and he ends up finishing, let's see, two, what, he's sixth overall last year. But Zach, and Zach struggled, dude. I mean, you think about how he started the season, 14th at A1, um, like six or something at uh, St. Louis. Like, he started the season really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, like, sixth, fifth or sixth at Arizona. Just, uh, hell, at, the, at Glendale, at the Triple Crown, he went 22-11-22 for 18th overall. Those are horrible finishes, but somehow still, like, I'm, I'm looking at this thinking my math had to be wrong. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but regardless, well, I, you know what, because I, I probably didn't do all the races he did. Never mind. So that, that is bad math. But well, if he, if he if he does what he did in the outdoor title, and he does what he did to Savachi in seventeen, seventeen, right? Yeah, seventeen. Like if he takes yeah. those two mentalities and combines them, like that's another guy that's going to kill you for for a for a win. He's not. He's not. He's yep. going to leave it all on the track. So um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. It's going to be good. Anderson, you know Anderson and Wilson. Those guys also. You never know what you're going to get out of those guys. They're threats for sure. Wilson could come come out and wax everybody. I mean, A1 last two years ago, he was leading the thing for almost the whole race, and the Barsha got him at the end. So, I mean, Wilson yep. has the speed. You know, he he got a podium the last race of Salt Lake. So, the dude's got talent. Same with Anderson, you know, 18 champion. So, so you got Honda, Husky, and a Cowie. You got Tomac and AC. Um mm. AC, we read after Paula that he had surgery um, to fix some stuff, and then Tomac's got a kid now. Those guys are probably on the best bike, I think, in the pits, but that's just me. I like Cowies. <laughs> but okay. that bike is the most, I would say, developed. Um, they're going on their third year now with that bike. Honda's coming out with a new bike. Husky's got a little bit of a new bike, but for the most part, everybody's on a new bike besides... Uh, Eli and um, actually no Yamaha too. Yamaha's on the same bike. So, but I think for oh, yeah, but I mean, really, who's who's talking? About just <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think count. I think for Tomac and AC, they're gonna have the most time on those bikes, um, which is gonna be really good for them. Oh, I agree. I, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be hard to beat. Um, I have those guys in my top three. So, and I already told you I have web winning, so that kind of tells oh, okay. where I'm at. Okay. Yeah, I want to oh, – God, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this year. Like, who do you think is going to be a rivalry rivalry this year? Like, who do you feel – you think, like, Tomac and Webb will have a rivalry? Barsha and Tomac? I mean, dude, if Barsha rides that gas gas, like his videos, <laughs> it's going to be scary. Like, Barsha he looks have good. A, yeah, yeah. He looks good. Yeah. He – uh. He may have a rivalry rivalry with everybody, yeah. um, as usual. But yeah, dude, I don't know. It's I, I, there's just no way to say. It's all guesswork. Yeah, there's not. It's there's all, not. I mean, yeah, there's, two there's years no ago, nobody thought on. Cooper was going to win the title, and he came out and just crushed it. So yep. this year could be well, the same thing. We could be thinking of nobody. Like Barsha could come win the title this year, or you just never know. Our, you know what I mean? With these these triple crown races and all these all this racing. There's a lot of thing, a lot of factors for sure. Yeah, that's uh, it sucks that there's no triple crowns this year. Yeah, I, I liked them honestly. There's people that don't like them, but I like them. I just like the ten minutes. The and I, mm-hmm. I do agree though. They should pay twenty, not twenty five points for all three. It should be twenty per, like twenty or fifteen. It should be more points per race. I think. Yeah. Because I, I do too. I just feel like you can have a bad night and still come out fifth overall 
and then Cooper goes one one one, and he only got three points on you. Like that sucks. Right. Yep. Yep. I agree. So I would like to see that if they bring those back. I would like to see that, but we we can. Uh, I don't think Dave Prater cares what we think. So. Nope. I don't um, think he does either. So do you watch F one at all? No, I don't. Okay. I uh, I need to get into it because I watched the documentary and I loved it, but I just don't. I never. I don't so, know, man. Time is so limited for me. So they have what they call a team cup. And this will be like kind of my last yep. question for you. This will be my Scott, since I didn't have anything for you on Scott subjects, this will kind of be my Scott subject question to you. Think 250, 450, if you were to put a team in a category and you had to, and F1, they have what they call a team series. So it's, you know, Mercedes is a team and Ferrari is a team, yep. blah, 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 et cetera. So if you had to pick a team, who do you think comes out the best team overall for 2021? Supercross and Motocross, 250, 450. Uh, 450 Kawi for sure. Eli okay. and AC, are, I think those are your overall your dominant guys. Okay. Although I, like I said, I have Cooper winning the championship, but I don't think Marvin's going to be that far up. And mm. uh, 250, I, I don't think you can argue against Star. They're just too stacked. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to agree yeah, with you. I, I think mean, it's they got, Star. I think they have the most. No, Mitch has five or six. He's got. Four. I could do uh, Smith five. Warner, five. Okay. Yeah, and and Star has six. So yeah. That's pretty yep. crazy to think they have over 10% of the field on the gate. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, like, J-Mark, J-Mark's my pick for outdoors. So, of course. I think I, it's everybody's pick, yeah. Yeah, Christian's going to be good. So, yeah, I think Star Outdoors is going to be probably better pro circuit, which will probably be the second team. Yeah. The other person we didn't talk about was Max. Max is coming out as a rookie. Oh, my boy. Red Bull KTM. Yeah. Um, love the family. They're rad, you know. T- you know, um, town over there at Cherby's has always been really good to us. A huge yep. supporter of WPS and and of me of of a Cherby's. So I'm pulling for those guys. Um, I think they weren't. This wasn't the plan to move up this early, but the videos nope. I've seen, Max is very comfortable on the Supercross. Yeah, he feels really good. And anybody that wants to uh, hear about that stuff. Uh, Check out the last episode of Moto X Pod show because he was our other guest along with Justin Pipe. Okay, there you go. Check it out. Your yep. Moto X Pod on Apple and iTunes. We're also working on getting TJ, his mechanic, on. Um, so I talked to him at Minios, and he wants to come on. So we're gonna work on that as well. Cool. Um, so yeah, TJ's rad. Um, yep. Emma, his girlfriend. I've known her since she was a baby. Um, her dad's okay. really good um, family friend. So. It's uh, it's funny to see how that all comes full circle to see her, you know, grow up and now she's, yeah, in the pits with a uh, factory mechanic. So it's pretty nuts. Um, but for me, I think uh, we're gonna have one of the best series, and we say that every year. But I think overall, this is gonna be a really, really good season. So before I let you go, Dark said, um, anything else you want to talk about or anything that's on your mind? Anything you want to um tell Steve? Just you know. Screw a Steve or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If any of your listeners want to call in and uh, say they like the wrap-up show, even if you don't like the wrap-up show, you can still call in and say you like the wrap-up show. Help me out, man. Yeah. Download it, even if you don't listen to it. Uh, other than that, man, I, I just I appreciate you uh, taking some time to ha- let me come on your show and let's talk some racing. It's always fun. Yeah, this the show went a little bit longer, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you made the time. You know, for me, I'm always – standoff like i'm a standoff guy like i'm standoffish kind of guy i'm always scared to ask people so when you uh called me out i was like 
I saw the opportunity. I was like, all right, fine. Dark Side, I'm going to call you bullshit. Come on my show. Um, so no, that's how you got to do it, man. You got to ask the guys. And, hell, I'm, I'm in a text thing right now with Chase Sexton trying to get him on for Tuesday. And, like, sometimes these guys don't answer. And I'm always like, should I send a second text? Or am I, you know, and I just fuck it. Yeah. Send a second text. Like, and I'm trying to, you know, that's just what it takes. You got to reach out. Uh, you'll be surprised at how many people say yes. Yeah, it's, uh, I think with the uh, more confidence I get and kind of like you just not being scared, it'll come. But we're taking it slow. We're taking this, you know, we're taking the uh, marathon route, not the sprint route. So there you go. <laughs> we're thinking long term. Yeah, I'm yep. a bigger dude. I can't run fast. Dark side. I got to take, <laughs> I got to take it slow. Um, I hear you. But yeah, huge thanks to you coming on. Huge thanks for, yep. for uh, allowing me to be on the wrap up show um, and do all that. And like I said, I'm slowly getting into the media. I'm far from being a media guy, quote unquote. I just love the sport. I'm passionate about it. So we share that, and I think it uh, it shows. So again, thank you for for everything you do for me. And again, thank you to our sponsors: um, Spot Network TV, Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray, and of course Scott Goggles. And this show would not be possible without Spot Network, guys. So if you have not done it yet, please check out Spot Network TV, uh, the app. Um, also, if you're on SoundCloud or Stitcher, this show is under Spot Network. Um, so if you have any struggles with that, please shoot us a DM. And again, if you are listening to the show, Darkside is at Darkside MX, right? Three? MX3, yeah. Okay, Darkside MX3. I'm Triple J, and we are Moto Spot Show on Instagram. So again, thank you guys. Episode 11 is a wrap. Dark side, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, man. It's a blast. Yeah, no worries, buddy. I really appreciate it. All right. See ya. All right, see ya.